Hello, welcome to a special recommendations for my otaku spouse side story or Toku Otaku Susume Gaiden. I'm Wes. And I'm Jen. And today we're bringing to you an episode about Majinga Z Infinity. Anyway, so earlier this year in Japan, a movie, Majinga Z Infinity, kind of felt almost like a finale in a way. It's for the 50th anniversary of like 50 years of Gonagai. It uh, came out in Japan and it had a special two-day short release in theaters over here in the States. And upon hearing about it, I, being a giant mecha nerd, turned to Jen and said, Jen, it's showing Sunday afternoon or Monday evening. Which do you want to go? And I pretty much said, well, we have a deadline. On Monday morning, so we should probably make it Monday evening so that we can actually get work done on Sunday. Exactly. So we worked all Sunday, and then we went to see it Monday. There was never a question, would you like to go? It was always a, when are we going? Which is why this is a recommendation for my Otaku spouse, because I've never seen any Majinga, and I can't say I've never seen any Gonagai, because now I've seen the new Devilman, so that doesn't count anymore. Ha. But And I showed you some cutie honey. And you showed me some cutie honey. So she I like... didn't know any Gonagai before Wes, and he's slowly recommending things to me, and so this time it was Majinga, and oh, how... my. Majinga. Maj Majinga Zeto. Yes. So that's what I we went to see. It was great. I have watched, read, played video games of a lot of the Majinga series. Uh, he shows up in almost every one of the Super Robot War games. And a piece of trivia before the movie said every Super Robot Wars, but I don't think he shows up in the one with only original creations. So I'm going to have to double check that so I can be like, ha, you're wrong suckers anyway one of the things that like i know people commonly say about old manga actually even modern ones but a lot of old anime and manga creators like leiji matsumoto or uh, what's his name the guy wrote tetsuan adam osama tezuka osama tezuka is that they had kind of the same face thing and now for tezuka it was specific he was just putting the same characters into different things and with gona guy he'd kind of retell stories a lot so he'd take characters that were very similar to old characters and retell stories so it wasn't always the same face type thing but there would be a lot of similarities sometimes knowing where to start with a gona guy series can be difficult for instance jen you're just mentioning the devil man crybaby that just came out yep which was essentially a retelling of the original devil man but twisted for a modern audience now with i guess i've yeah. never read the original yeah. <laughs> i know you have now with majinger the original one came out in i think the late 60s mid 60s uh, and then it was turned into a tv show then there was great majinger it kind of had a spin-off into grandizer it had the majin kaiser series which had its own ovas there that had a spin-off into majin kaiser skull in book form there was majinger angels there was all there's majin what was it Robot Girl Z, which came out a couple years ago, which was spoofs based off of it. And so when you're looking at the new movie, which is kind of done as an anniversary special, it's interesting to figure out where it's going to go. They did something similar with Lupin a few years back for Lupin, one of the Lupin anniversaries, Lupin Green First Red, where they just took all the Lupins and kind of mixed it into one universe so that everything and nothing was canon. And so you're kind of walking into this going, are they going to do something similar? Or what is this? And for a Majinger fan, what really stood out to me was that they kept it very pure. Pretty much, they had the original Majinger series in the 60s. They had a 10-year time skip, and you got Majinger Infinity. So while they'll kind of pay homage to other things, for instance, if you have a favorite mechanized beast, it's probably in this movie somewhere, they didn't hold themselves responsible for trying to tie all those loose ends together. Now, that was coming at it from someone who had known a lot of the Majinger backstory. Jen, as someone who, know, as you said, knew nothing, 
about Majin Gear at all. Absolutely nothing. Did you, I mean, they did a little bit at the very beginning where they kind of did a montage showing the original story a little bit and this and that. Did you find yourself to be completely lost or what did you think as a complete newbie to the series? I wasn't completely lost because it was pretty, it was a simple story and it was very self-explanatory mm-hmm. about what happened. They didn't really need to explain that much because it's, I mean, it was definitely a kid's film. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what Majin Gear always was, which is strange when you look at some of the spinoffs, because Majin, Majin Kaiser's skull was not a kid's film, or a kid's show. Yeah, but actually, it, even then, this film didn't had some very not childish themes to it, but then again, it's Japan, so I can't really comment on those too much. But no, I wasn't lost, and I actually really, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would when you were like, hey, Jen, I'm going to drag you to see this show about mechs. Giant robots are best, Jen. They're pretty good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that while re-watching this that I found really interesting is when Gurren Logan came out, and that was, geez, that was over 10 years ago now. Yeah. Um, Gurren Logan was kind of touted to be a love letter to a bunch of old super robot anime. That's probably the only big super robot anime that I've seen and that I really enjoyed was Gurren Nagan. Do you think you could see some of the ties between like the what was happening? Yeah, I could see like oh, in Gurren Lagan they obviously got the sunglasses on the front of the robot from Majinga. Yeah, that was yeah, <laughs> that was clear. <laughs> and the fact that he like used it as a boomerang a couple of times was like oh, they do that in Gurren Lagan as well. I can see where Gurren Lagan probably got that from this as well. Yeah, you do. You don't get as much of like the whole gut tie thing from Gurren Lagan that you do in this. I mean, you get a bit of it with the Scrander. There wasn't that, really but... that much. Although when you say Gattai, I always think of like two robots, like Power Ranger style, yeah, multiple which, robots Gattaiing together, which, which we didn't wasn't really that prevalent in this movie. Yeah, you'd really get that, like that would be a Gurren Lagan pull from other things, but there was yeah. you could, definitely Majin Gurren influences in there. Oh, I suppose also like in Gurren Lagan when the, the fact that the head is the main control and it detaches from the body, like in Majin mm, The powder, yeah. Um, Whereas in another, in most of the mech anime, the pilot is always seated in the chest area. True. But yes, back to back to matching. <laughs> it was great. It was. I I completely enjoyed it. It was doing a great job at hitting all those little bits. I'm trying to keep this pretty spoiler free, but I'm sure I'm going to drop something. So as we go deeper, as you get deeper and deeper into this podcast, there's more of a chance for spoilers. But I'll try to tone it down. Um, but there was definitely one bit when Majin was going nuts on a bunch of the mechanized beasts, and he's just mm. pulling out every move from the arsenal. If there's a move you can think of in the show, he's probably doing it. But it didn't feel like they were just like, oh, we got to make sure we do this we got to make sure we do that move it just kind of made a really good fight scene and yet at the end of it i'm going oh because i started about midway through i picked up that you know yeah they're gonna do every move in here this is great and then there was one move they didn't do no and then he kind of does it as a finisher and i was like oh oh, they've got everything they're hitting all those key points it was yeah actually i thought the fighting scenes yeah there were more than one fighting i thought the fighting scenes were really 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 well done they were really nice and smooth the cg like i'm not a fan of cg but the cg and this was really smooth it was really co- well choreographed and even though i'm not a f- i'm not an original fan i don't have any of the nostalgia factor watching this i was like at the end of the fight scenes i was like yeah kind of feeling <laughs> which is what you want from a film with action in it yeah it's, it definitely keeps up that whole hot-blooded feeling and when you talk about your hot-blooded heroes uh koji's right up there on the top of it and so mm-hmm. it's back in fine form. It was speaking on like the CG of it. So all the mechanized beasts, all the robots are done in CG and they did a great job at they updating really them. Did, yeah. I mean, there's a little um, action figure that you see of Majin Yes. Gear. 
and that's what he looked like in the original cartoon. Because I've seen pictures of Majinga, I just yeah. haven't seen it. So I know what the original looks like from passing because it's it's a staple yes. for anime. It's, yeah, it's kind of famous. But they went through and they like made it look more mechanical. They added mm. a bunch of panel lines, they added servos, all those types of things. But it was still very clearly what they are, even when you came to the like the joke ones when Boss Borat shows up. That uh, was a joke one? Yeah, Boss Borat, the one who was, yeah. had kept falling off and kept kicking soccer oh, balls. Oh, as in a jokey character, not a joke on the robots themselves. Oh, no, no. yeah. Even he's... that one they did a bit of an update for and felt they still kept the style and feel of it really well. Mm. I also thought actually the background scenes were really, really nicely done. Mm. Like they had a lot of detail. It was very nicely colored. It kind of felt not to the same level of like your name or... Um, Garden of Words. Garden of Words. Yeah, that guy's a little bit crazy though when he does. <laughs> yeah, but when he does backgrounds. But it was very pretty. It wasn't like a regular anime. You could tell they upped the budget. Mm. But because all the characters themselves were animated, there were a couple of scenes where they just didn't put as much effort in and it just kind of looked like a regular anime. There was one scene that I'm sure sure you're thinking of or at least because i heard you titter beside me and i kind of laughed at it myself when um sayaka walks onto the deck of the ship yeah there were a couple of scenes like that one okay yeah there's a, i just remember that because you like sort of kind of snickering beside me and i was like yeah that was pretty badly done but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like when sayaka's talking to one of the new characters in the movie called lisa their faces are really weirdly proportioned like not in an anime kind of way but in a it's looked different from the rest of the scenes but those were few and far between everything else was very well done speaking of some strange animation and characters specifically that was a weird thing that i know we both noticed so they bring back shiro of course um and when of he... course i know who I, who's that <laughs> uh, so they, bring, uh they, they brought back a lot of the characters i think they brought back like all the main characters you can think of which was great to see him again except for one who i need to do some research on but the first scene when shiro shows up he's riding in a car no he's riding in a train with june and he was drawn really androgynously yeah like <laughs> really androgynously and it was I, kind of off-putting i as somebody who doesn't know these characters when i saw it i was like oh they've got a lesbian couple in here great <laughs> and then he started talking I was like oh never mind that's a guy yeah and it was just like for the first bit where you shiro shows up he shows up he's talking with june he gets to the photon laboratory he talks to he meets up with and talks to Sayaka and Koji and is happy to see everyone. And that whole scene, Shido was drawn really androgynously. And then mm. past that scene, I don't know if there was like, oh, so we screwed that up. Let's make sure we don't do it again. Well, or maybe they just had a slightly different artist. Maybe, yeah, doing the keyframes for there or something. Yeah. Or maybe that's just the look that they decided to go for for his civvy outfit. I guess, yeah. Well, it wasn't even like the clothes. It was just I the facial like, shape. Yeah. It looked like he had eyeliner. Yeah, how the like the eyelashes were really overdone, and then mm. the facial shape had much more of a feminine point to it. I don't know. It was kind of it was, that was probably the weirdest bit of animation I thought in the whole thing. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was the weirdest one, but it was a surprise when he started talking and his voice is really deep. Okay, what was the weirdest one? <laughs> oh, like I said, where they just there were just some points where they got a little lazy with the animation. Oh, that's right, and I just remembered why I giggled at the scene where she walks in is because she doesn't walk. She. They, it was almost like they had the picture of her and they just kind of shuffled it forward slightly. The legs moved a little bit, not enough for how much she was walking, but... Yeah, it was kind of a mini, like... Tick, 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 Yeah. Tick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> uh, so being a show that never had as large of a following in America, definitely had some bigger following followings. Well, I know Grandizer was huge over in 
franchise or Italy or something, which was, as I said earlier, a spinoff. Oh, right. Unfortunately, I don't know if it was a lack of taste or what, but Majin Gear never had the hugest burst over here. We were lucky that they decided to bring this over, but it was subtitled only. There was no dubbed option. Um, sometimes with these short road shows, they do give dubbed options for people, which can sometimes increase people willing to go watch it. Theater was unfortunately pretty empty. It was pretty empty, but uh, there was still... I actually think there was like less than 20 people in there. Yeah. There were some kids <laughs> behind us, uh, but I didn't look to see how far, but a few rows behind us who kept laughing and cheering at the appropriate bit. So that was fun. Yeah, that was pretty cute. I think their parents might have brought them. <laughs> I as... think they were the only kids. The rest of them were all adults. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the parents were old fans of Majin Gear and bring the kids along to see it. And But that's how it was the first time I went to see uh, Dragon Ball Battle of the Gods came out. And actually, we Jen and I went to see that opening day in Japan by accident. And it was pretty similar there. It was older adults and their Yeah, and a couple of kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that one because I also have not really seen Dragon Ball at all apart from uh, Kami v Kami. Yeah. And that's because, as Wes said, we saw it by accident on opening day, much to Stacy, who co-hosts Fujoshi Trash with me because she is a huge Dragon Ball fan. So I love to bring this up every single time it comes up. Yeah. Stacy's not the biggest fan of that, but... Maybe she should have seen it with us. Oh, wait, she wasn't there. <laughs> anyway, back to kind of where I was leading, though. They did a really good job with the subtitles, I thought. Yes. They yeah, the translation really, was really well done. Really, really good. I kind of want to find out who translated it and be like, hey, I really like the translation you did on this movie. <laughs> uh, so there was an opening bit. I mentioned before the scene when June and Shiro meet up with Sayaka and Koji, and they've got this new character, Lisa, with them. And Lisa is kind of this old Mycenaean robot who shows up and she's imprinted in a way on Koji. And so she keeps referring to him as Goshijin-sama or Goshijin, which means master, but in Japanese, it also means husband, which as you can imagine, Sayaka is not exactly happy about. But we don't really have a word with that double meaning in mm. English. So they had to dance around that for this opening conversation where it comes up. And they completely, they don't completely change the meaning of what's being said because we but don't have that word. The feeling but they kept the feeling in really a really nicely. well done way yeah i noticed that too yeah so i like when that first conversation started coming up luckily i mean we're both somewhat practiced in japanese Jen probably more so than I. Um, but it, we were able to catch kind of the joke that was going on in Japanese with the Goshijin master husband type thing. Well, at the same time, I'm looking at the subtitles and I'm going, wow, they did a good job at maintaining this. Because they brought in a slave master relationship. And that's what she was kind of hinting at in the subtitles, I remember. Yeah. Other good bits were just changing word choice based on characters. Mm, yes. Like I, um, whenever Sayaka or Koji or Dr. Sawatome would refer to Jinri, they trans translated as humanity yes or mankind and, or mankind no they said mankind yeah and um i noticed that as well with um doctor yeah when dr hell shows, shows up and he goes up and he says jinri they translated as homo sapiens yes and for how his character is and how it works i was like that's that's well done mm. really like that on the flip side one thing that i was slightly confused about was they just didn't translate kikaiju at all as uh, someone who's never seen the originals i wondered if maybe that was just because that's the name they gave the giant monsters? Well, I mean, the giant monsters are Kikaiju. Yeah. Um, I mean, is that the name that they gave the original, the giant monsters in previous series when they've translated them into English? From what I remember of most of the translations, and I haven't seen Shin Majin Gear that came out in the 2000s yet, so don't hold that against me. I haven't seen all of it, so don't hold that against me. Kikaiju normally was translated into mechanized beasts. Oh, okay. Because it's literally key, machine, mm. kaiju, giant monster. I wonder if maybe they changed 
changed that in the TV series from the 2000s because that's what they were kind of having it more of a sequel to this movie. I, I, or is that the impression I got? Mm, I was really getting more of a feel that it was just a pull off of the original 60s one. Okay. Uh, there were some bits that I, or there, yeah, some bits I want to kind of go back and check to see because like there was a giant crater in the side of Mount Fuji, which I distinctly remember happening in Majin Kaiser vs. Great General of Darkness. But that one was in itself a heavy reference to Majin vs. Great General of Darkness. So clearly, there's nothing Majin Kaiser in this movie. But was the crater still there or what was going on? So there's bits of it that really, I mean, in a way, it just makes me want to go back and rewatch everything. <laughs> so it, well done, director. You've done a great job. You've really lit up that magic of fire in me. Mm. But yeah, the, the Kikaiju translation I found interesting just because they've been mechanized beasts in my head for so long for, as an English fan. Mm. And then the other one is when... Boss shows up and he pulls out Boss Borat. They just translated that as Boss Robot, even though you can hear them say Boss Borat. I think, no, I thought they translated it to Boss, boss Borat. No, they did say Robot, because I remember saying that in subtitles and immediately going, hmm. I could have sworn I saw somewhere it said Borat, and I was like, wait, like that really terrible movie? Oh, no, wait, it's the name of that robot. Okay, and then carried on. Hmm. Well, clearly we'll just have to buy the movie on DVD when it comes out and rewatch it. If they have the same subtitles. Oh... Which I don't see I really why they would they change. Do, I don't see why they would change. Because we saying that was really good. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, that, that would suck if it got re-subtitled. Hopefully it doesn't because somebody's already put in all the work. Yeah. Even if only less than 20 people see it per movie theater. Yeah, that would suck. They've done weird things in the past. I mean, Porco Rosso had three different dubs. Yeah, that's because Disney bought it and Disney loved to do their own thing. Yeah, but still had three different English dubs. Mm. Oh, is there a British localization as well? No, originally, this is slightly off topic, people, but originally <laughs> um, Porco Rosso got a dub to be shown on international flights. Huh. And so they had that one, and then it had another dub, and then I, and a third one. Uh, okay. Yeah. The music was fantastic. Yeah, I, I it, enjoyed the music. I think it fit the scenes really well. Um, it sounded, I'm going to be wrong, and someone's going to point this out, and I'm going to feel horrible, but it really sounded like uh, they got Anakin back to sing, to redo the opening, which was great. Crickets, crickets. Who's that? <laughs> uh, there's the, one of the founders of Jam Project. Oh. We've done, done so many anime songs I know songs Jam Project because you keep playing them. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, but he does so many anime songs and theme songs that other people in the industry just call him Aniki. Oh, you have explained the story to me multiple times and I forget every time. Because I obviously care that much. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but no, he came back to redo the theme for like the little opening bit, which is great. Okay. And then they kind of kept remixing it, but not always in the most obvious ways. And it really fit the scenes that I thought. I don't have any of this background knowledge. I just think, yeah, the music was good. <laughs> <laughs> like really, there wasn't, there's not really much you can fault about this movie, even if you've never seen it before. I think it's a great movie for kids. Except for, okay, so the thing that really kind of weirded me out was the Majin girls. Oh, they were Like, great. they were great, except for the whole, like, boob cannons and boobs and butts and boobs and butts. And I'm pretty sure this is a kid's. Oh, wait, no, it's Japanese. I shouldn't really expect anything less. But it was really cool that they actually, like, did o stuff. But Opai Misairu has been a staple of the series. Has it? Yes. Okay. Like, since the beginning. <laughs> okay. So I guess they had to bring that in somewhere. Yeah. Um, no, that was pretty cool, though. They had the Majin girls show up and they were kind of just a whole host of references in themselves. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and then they all show up and yeah it was great but yeah it, it was just i think whether you're a diehard fan of the series whether like you're you. lo- whether you're looking for just a fun movie to watch for an hour and a half or forced to watch a fun movie for an hour and a half like or me. a wife of a diehard of the series <laughs> yeah. it's i mean there's a lot worse movies you can be trying yes to. i'm actually i was as, as I said earlier, pleasantly surprised that I actually enjoyed it. But I wasn't going to say I was expecting it to be terrible because I wasn't going to do that to you before going to, <laughs> going to a movie that you said, hey, we should watch this. I think you'll enjoy it. But I'm glad I enjoyed it. Good. And I think that's really what these directors should be going for when they're making these types of movies. Mm. Like Dragon Ball Battle of the Gods. You hadn't seen Dragon Ball before. No. But you still enjoyed it. Yes. Majin Gary, you um, hadn't seen anything before and you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Something like I mentioned earlier, Lupin Green vs. Red was an anniversary thing. It was an OVA instead of a theater film. But that's really not a movie that I would show to people who hadn't seen a lot of Lupin mm. because it just doesn't work. Without the knowledge? Without the knowledge. Because that one's just essentially references everywhere. I suppose it's kind of like you showed me Macross, Do You Remember Love? Yes. And I did not get that because it was kind of a retelling of the original series, but kind of didn't. Was it a retelling of the original series or was it a sequel that just didn't really give any background knowledge? Yeah, Macross, Do You Remember Love was kind of, so it's like the Frontier movies. Yes. But the Frontier movies from Macross Frontier um, just do a lot better job at retelling, condensing the story. Do You Remember Love really didn't unless you knew And I was really confused and you had to explain a lot of it to me. Yeah, unless you knew what was going on, you weren't going to get it. Disclaimer, I did actually show Wes the Macross Frontier movies and he showed me Do You Remember Love? So I have seen Macross. Well, part of that, though, was when you were showing me the Frontier movies, I just kept drawing references to the original Macross. So I was like, wait, wait, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? You're like, wait, I thought you hadn't seen these. I'm like, no, but I've seen Macross. (laughs) Well, I've seen Robotech more than Macross. They have very repeating themes. They do. But I guess and most of these old classic Gundam, Majinga, Macross, Lupin, yeah. everything has very repeat, repetitive themes. Because I guess if you're going to change it, then it won't actually be the thing that it is. Yeah. It's, it's I guess, the, the, the Japanese version of James Bond. Mm, yeah. James Bond's going to come out with a movie, maybe two every decade, and it's going to be a James Bond movie. He's going to kill bad guys. He's going to meet hot ladies. He's going to have weird gadgets, although those kind of go up and down depending on the Bond. And you don't change the formula that much because people are going to see a James Bond movie. Mm, yeah. So in Japan... I mean, a lot of these haven't had yearly releases, but when you look at Conan or Doraemon or whatever, or Pokemon or Pokemon or whatever, you know, it's going to be very similar stories because you don't want to change the characters too much because the people are going to see the characters they know. But you still have to create something new, otherwise it gets boring. Yes. Which is interesting. That's actually, they had a couple of interviews with the... The director, the character designer, and then a very short message from Gona Guy. That was it, yeah. And um, the director was saying that he wanted to create something new that didn't stray too far from the original. From what I could tell, that's what he achieved because it was more of a sequel. It was based 10 years later. Yeah. And it had, I'm guessing, different themes? Yeah, kind of the big central thing is a little bit different, but the idea of choice mm. and what do you choose to do what has always been a driving theme. In oh, okay. So, and it was just this time it was a more mature, what do you choose to do? It's the difference between a high schooler and an adult. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a little bit of difference in there. It's a Spider-Man dilemma. With great power comes great responsibility. Mm. And they just kind of literally say, you have a giant robot. Are you going to help the world or destroy it? Hmm. So. Well, I'm guessing that was in the original because that wasn't so much the theme in this one. Well, except for the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
But the point I was trying to make was they seemed to have an alternate theme going on that was more about actually, I guess, kind of drawing from the current Japanese dilemma of um, the declining population is getting a family and making babies. 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 Yeah. Yeah, there was a bit of that. <laughs> Which I'm guess I guessed wasn't in the original. No, again, they're high schoolers. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd actually be really weird as high schoolers. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still no gonna guy, and so as you can tell from what you've seen in Devil Man and Cutie Honey, there's still gonna be elements of sexuality and all of that. Well, not women, like women. Anyway, yeah, that's a whole other subject. <laughs> <laughs> but as you said, it was created in the sixties, seventies. True. And it's created by Gona Guy. If I were to westernize Gona Guy, he would be the Frank Miller of Japan. Except for the differences, I like Gona Guy's works, and I don't really care for Frank Miller's, which just lost us a bunch of our audience. Who's Frank Miller? Frank Miller did. We just lost even more. <laughs> uh, Frank Miller does comic books, and he did um, Return of the Cape Crusader. No, sorry, Return of the Dark Knight. Yeah, Return of the Cape Crusader. Jeez. And pretty much there's a running gag where it's just this thing. It's a meme online where they're like, hey, Frank Miller, we can write about wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah anyway Gona Guy's better okay even when he's writing about whores uh, samurai robot Oda Nobunaga and his army of hell taking over the world is that what Margin Gear is? No, no, that's an entirely different thing. To do. Oh, okay, I was gonna say <laughs> but <laughs> I want to see that <laughs> <laughs> I can track it down we can watch it what is it? <laughs> Black Lion okay I've never heard of it <laughs> it's great anyway anyway back to pretty much I guess the theme of this whole thing is Majin Gear Z Infinity was just a lot of fun it's going to be an hour and a half of if you're a diehard fan throwbacks and if you're not a diehard fan just excitement and if, if you're, you're if you're a diehard fan as well excitement it's just if you have any kids they'll be excited yeah I mean I think it's it'd be a great movie to just sit around and watch and have walk out of it feeling like yeah giant robots I love giant robots <laughs> to quote an american cartoon misquote an american cartoon i dig giant robots if you don't dig them you don't swallow exactly <laughs> uh, so other than black lion would you be at all interested in seeing any of the other um gonna guy and or majinger mm, uh, the thing is is that because we watched devil man crybaby recently i liked majinger a lot more than devil man like, this is obviously made for kids, so it was a lot more hopeful, and it has a happy ending. Devil Man was just depressing as fudge, and uh, I kind of regret watching it, which has lost us even more audience. But that's just that's just me. I don't... Like, I'm fine with the, the sex and the drugs and the murder. I'm not okay with it being depressing AF. So if it's not depressing, yes, I'd be, I would want to watch more Gona Guy. So if I'm a curator and I properly serve the non-depressing Gona Guy, you're down with watching more of it? Yes. Okay, we've got it on tape. You've all heard this. <laughs> but that's because you recommend it to me and I love you and I would try things that you recommend to me. Okay, we should watch Majin Kaiser. Not Majin Kaiser's Skull, that's getting more into the depressing one again, but Majin Kaiser. Okay. It's fun. And it's short. It's like a six-episode OVA, and then there's a movie at the end of it. Okay. And I need to finish Cutie Honey as well. I've got to finish, uh, yeah, read Cutie Honey. Oh, we should actually- And the new series is yeah, coming out. Yeah, so there is a new series of Cutie Honey coming out next season, I believe. Cutie Honey oh, Universe. Next season's going to be busy as well. <sighs> Maybe it's one after that. I don't know. It's coming up soon. Cutie Honey Universe. Um, so we should finish read Cutie Honey before that. Yes. Cutie Honey, Cutie Honey, Flash, all those other ones- are fun. They definitely are a product of their time, so they're older and they can feel like that. But we'll definitely watch Cutie Honey. We'll give Cutie Honey Universe a go. Cutie Honey is usually, it's fun. I okay. like it. It's good stuff. Honey fresh. 
I've, I actually know the song off by heart now because Wes sings it at karaoke so often. It's ridiculous. It's and if amazing. you don't, other Japanese girls will. Yeah, it's great. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, we go to karaoke and Jen goes, you can't sing Judy Honey. I'm like, fine, I won't no, sing no, it. No, no, no. I never and say then... you can't sing Judy Honey. I say you can't sing Pegasus Fantasy. Fine. And then someone else starts singing it. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, seriously? <laughs> It's a classic. It is a classic, and now I know all the lyrics to that one, too. Good. There are worse things. <laughs> Shall we wrap this up? <laughs> yes. So, in summary, it's great. Go see it. And Jen's promised to watch more Gona Guy with me, so long as it's not depressing AF. Her exact words. What have I done? <laughs> anyway. Open a new world. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Otofusus Made Gaiden. Or recommendations from my otaku spouse. Side story. Uh... <laughs> You can find us uh, under the Annie Bros Creative at anniebroscreative.com as well as on Twitter at anniebroscreative and on Facebook also at anniebroscreative. Anniebros <laughs> almost like it's repetitive. You'll be able to find links for this in the show notes below. Thanks. Join us for our regularly scheduled podcast where we'll be recommending stuff to each other and then judging each other. Yay! Yay! Bye!